Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. But as I'm teaching today, I'm moved. Uh, I believe the anointing is upon me this evening. The pastoral anointing is on my life. The pastoral anointing. There are several anointings that men and women of God is operating in right now. There are many apostles that are operating. There are apostles over nations and states and over countries and regions. And then we have evangelists that are sharing the gospel with a dying world. I saw um, uh, Franklin Graham uh, purchase a major spot on Fox News and CNN. Uh, and he actually communicated the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world, a world that's in chaos. For the whole world has been arrested. The whole, the global world, the global uh, 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 community is now arrested. We're living in the reset. It's being reset all around the world. And I saw Franklin Graham purchase prime time and he shared a simple message, just a simple message, as a simple message, as a, as a commercial to a dying world. He just basically said, Jesus saved. That's the evangelist that's in him. And we have the prophetic as well. We have people who are prophesying. They're prophesying the heart of God. The mind of God is being communicated all around the world. And we have teachers, people who are teaching the word of God and teaching it in rare form, especially around dinner tables especially in the home. I would encourage you that as you like and share this feed, that you take notes. And if you don't have nothing else to study, you can study the word that's being preached even now. That fear is not a virtue. So use the opportunity to build up your most holy faith, to build up your spiritual stamina. It's important to apply the word in your heart that you want. You don't have to find a scripture when the time is, 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 is really pending, the time uh, you're going through issues. You want to make sure that you have a notepad now and that you're studying now because we, you, there are time comes like even now where you can't enter in. You can't necessarily get around other believers, but you can always draw from the word of God that you've been studying and the word of God that you've been listening to during times when you can't get to anybody else because the word is not limited. All you need to do is confess it and believe it and it will become flesh to your life. This evening, I believe the pastoral anointing is on my life to minister to you as the people or the children of God, God's dearly beloved sheep. Even those, there are sheep that are not of this fold. You, you, you're not necessarily in the, the corral. You're not in the flock, but you're still God's sheep. And he's stopping the avenger and the wolf from taking you out even now. But I'm speaking to you. You need to understand Jesus is the door of the sheep. Glory to God. If any man enter in, he will come in and find pasture. For the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and life more abundant. The heart of the pastor speaks to you. Out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, greatly desiring, chapter 4, chapter 1 in verse 4, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of your tears, that I might be filled with joy. And there's something inside of me that wants to see your face again. And maybe you feel isolated and, and uh, you're going through some issues because your movements are restricted. But I want you to know from the heart of the shepherd and then the under shepherd, I greatly desire to see you thrive. I greatly desire to see you overcome. I greatly desire to see you come through your trial. Glory to God. Being mindful of your trials. Mindful that you're going through but there's something about us coming together again. I feel hope rising in me. Glory to God. I will be filled with joy. And Paul talked about in verse 5. Uh, calling to remembrance the faith of the young lad that he called Timothy. A spiritual son that he first saw in his grandmother. He first saw this faith come alive in his grandmother. And then in his mother. 
And now he's persuaded that that same faith is in him. During turbulent times and perilous times, there's enough in you to overcome the trials that you're going through. There's enough invested in you from your pedigree. Your mama has prayed. Your grandmother has prayed. She lived the life for you. And you can rise up, Timothy. You can rise up and be strengthened in the name of the Lord. That no matter what happened, you can still rise up. Enough has been invested in you to handle the issues that are going forth now. So the pastor in me is speaking to the son and the daughter in you, to the sheep in you, that you can make it glory to God. Even if a sheep goes astray, God leaves the 99 and goes into the mountains. I see some sheep that are going astray. The trial, the fear is pushing you away from the things of God. But even now, God is going into the mountain to seek that which is going astray. And if so be that he finds you, he will rejoice more for the one, glory to God, that is able to return than of the 99 that didn't go astray. That's the love of God for you today. The pastor arises. The pastor rises, glory to God, to speak to you that you are valuable. I greatly desire to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. For God has not given us, hallelujah, the spirit of fear. But he's given us power, hallelujah. He's given us love. And he's given us a sound mind. Let me speak to the power of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a witness. That power that raised Jesus from the dead is now in you. And he that raised Jesus from the dead will also quicken or make alive your mortal body. And so I come against spirit, the spirit of fear, come against the spirit of anxiety, come against the spirit that now works in the earth today. It will not overtake you. It will not stop you from being what God wants you to be. Also speak to the love that he's given you. You don't have to hate. Domestic violence doesn't have to rise up in you. You don't have to kill. That's the spirit of the enemy. You can de-escalate. The Bible says we should never, ever, ever put hot coals, hot coal, add hot coals to a fire. If you start adding, stop adding the hot coal, the fire will go out. God has given you something that's greater than hate and it's called love. Love, glory to God, overcomes all. Let the love of God rise up in you. You don't know your measure until you start loving because they're difficult people to love. We all met them. We all have them in our family. People that's hard to love. But you can do this through the love of Jesus. This is the agape that he's downloading in you right now to love your children when they get on your nerves. I know you wish they can get out and get back to school. But right now they're shutting the schools down. So we got to buckle down and be parents. Keep on loving. You can do this if you love through the love of Jesus. And then he's given us a sound mind. You don't have to freak out. You're not going to freak out. You're not going to lose your peace. You're not going to lose your ability to focus. God has regulated your mind. God has taken away the spirit of fear. Glory to God. Which actually works against the soundness of your mind. You're not double hearted. You're not double souled. There's singleness of heart. There's singleness of soul inside of you. Tap into it. Pump that thing up. Prime it until soundness comes from you, comes from God, and is infused in your soul. Regulate your mind. Wherever your thoughts are, that's where your body is going to be. So you can control, call your mind back into order. You don't have to be angry all day or sad all night. You can be at peace in God. And so, from the pastoral anointing that's on my life, I share uh, the word of God with you. What healthy emotions are to the soul or what the senses are to the body. What healthy emotions are to your soul or what the senses are to your body. And so when we look at our emotions and how it affects our soul, your senses affect your body. You're actually able to connect with things, material things, and even things you can't see or things you can't touch right now because of sight through your senses. Where your emotions 
are the senses of your soul. And when you don't have healthy emotions, it will taint your soul. Here's another virus. Corona has forced us to stay at home for a while. And it's hard for many of us to gain our thoughts right now because we can't wait until we can get out. You know why? Because there's a struggle in the flesh. We know that there's death in the street, but there are people who are protesting right now, protesting to get in the street. Maybe they haven't lost a loved one. I'm not sure. And I do understand that we want to see businesses flow. But there's not a business or a dollar amount in this world that's greater than one life. That's why Jesus came to die, not for businesses per se. He will cause you to prosper after you learn to seek first the kingdom. But look where we are in America. Look where where we are just one month from being tied to riches. People are losing their focus. They're, They're becoming very fearful and will actually defy the rules and the regulations that's actually working right now. Defy it to get back in the street because we just can't handle coming home. You can't handle being at home once again. Home used to be our sanctuary. Now it has become our prison. It used to be a place of solidarity and a place where you can always go to make sure you work on your own family. Now it seems like it seems like a jail cell. It seems like a dungeon. But let me help you right now. The devil is a liar. Your house is a home, glory to God. And your heart is a home for the Holy Spirit. And God lives in us. Hallelujah. And he lives in us to encourage us, to help us to become the kind of people he wants us to be. And you can turn your house around if you take away the untidiness and put some things together and get the word in the house. Hallelujah. God will take care of that house. I'll preach myself happy. Thank you, Jesus. And so as the soul, as the emotions are to your soul, so are your senses to the natural, the physical body. Let's talk about fear for a moment. Fear is a feeling of reverence. This is the good side. Or a feeling of awe and respect. And there is a godly kind of fear that God wants us to possess. It's that feeling of reverence. That feeling of awe and respect. First to God. And then to others. But many of us don't know God. And so God says first the natural then the spirit. Learn how to respect your parents. Learn how to respect authority. And God will teach you how to reverence him when you get in the word. But start with right where you are. Respect the badge. Respect authority. Fear it. Have a reverence for judges. Have a reverence for those who are in authority. Don't lose it all. It's very important that you keep that measure because when you lose it, it's hard then to transfer respect and honor to God. For those of us who know the word of God, we know that God wants us to honor him first, to reverence him first, to be in awe of him first, and to love our neighbor, to respect our neighbor as we respect ourselves. So many of us can't respect nobody because we've never respected self. It is also an unpleasant emotion. So fear can be a sense of respect and reverence and awe, but it's also an unpleasant emotion caused by a sense of danger, flight, fright or flight type living. And some of us live in that place too long and we have these chemicals being released in our mind. We have high blood pressure because we always think uh, somebody's after us. Or our mind is playing tricks on us. And we got to get out of this where our mind is playing tricks on us. Where we think somebody's coming to tales of the crib. Somebody's coming to get us. No, nobody's coming to get you right now. If you follow the plan, stay with the CDC guidelines just for a little while longer. We can beat this. God is still with you. God is with me whether I'm locked at home or I can ride on my, in my car and go wherever I want to go. But right now, he's saying stay at home and let's focus on the house. Focus on the family right now and your mind can be brought into uh, subjection to the will and the word of God if you put the word in yourself. Glory to God. And so I want to encourage you right now. uh, Your mind is not playing tricks on you. Tell your mind to get right. Fear uh, may be directed toward God or directed toward man. Now there's a fear of man that God doesn't want us 
uh, to really uh, walk in right now. And I just come against the fear of man. But you should honor and respect those who are in authority. It may be either healthy or unhealthy if you have the fear of man. It can be healthy or harmful. I want to encourage you to break the fear of man, but keep respect and honor and the reverence. We call it the fear or the reverence for those that are in authority. Actually, we should reverence every life. We should reverence every life, every human being, even animals. We should reverence and respect them because that's God's creation. Please write it down. No one loves the person they fear no one can truly love the person they fear there's some people when they lead people they want them to be afraid they lead by intimidation there's some people who parent with intimidation if you don't do what i tell you to do i'm gonna bust you out i brought you in this world and i'll take you out of this world no one can truly love you if they're afraid of you love should beget love and that's why when you start thinking about getting into a relationship make sure there's true love not fear or intimidation anybody that loves you should never ever beat you down I love you so I'll smack you. The, the two don't live together because you can't truly love if there's fear. If you ignite fear, it's not love. And if you're the recipient of abuse and you're afraid that you're going to be abused again, you can't tell me you love them. You're being controlled. And to you, your mind is playing tricks on you. So we need to get you healed. Let's talk for a moment about healthy fear. Healthy fear is godly fear. It is a reverence from the Lord or for the Lord. A healthy fear is reverence and or esteem. It means to respect God. The Bible teaches that children are to respect, to have reverence or fear, respect for their parents. It's right there in Leviticus 19 and verse 3. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my sabbath glory to god i am the lord your god and we know that sabbath here is a day of rest as you respect the day of rest which is now a person in our day in the dispensation of grace is not a day it is a person named jesus so as you respect and revere the person called sabbath his name is Jesus. Come unto me and I will give you rest or Sabbath. He says you should honor and respect your mother and your father on the same in the same dimension. And so we want to make sure we understand that this kind of respect is godly. Wives are to respect their husbands. That's right there in Ephesians chapter 5 and 33. When, 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 when pastors, when I was a little boy, used to do marriages, they would always say to the wife when she's getting married, she should love, honor, and obey your husband during the vow. But that stopped. That's obsolete right now. Women get mad. They start shaking in the boot. Obey what? Or right there in the wedding. Obey what? <laughs> so pastors become afraid to even quote the scriptures. But wives should respect their husbands. You don't go off of them, on him in public. You don't, you don't uh, demoralize them in public. Let me help you, ladies. Men don't do it to your wives either. Because some people think I'm just beating on them. What about the man? Well, let me balance it out. Men don't do that to your wives either. We're talking about domestic violence, but it's two ways. It's not just men operating domestic violence. Sometimes ladies right now, ladies are going off and using their hands and their fists and frying pans. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Put the frying pan where it needs to go. Make sure you have all knives in the cupboard and make sure they're in the drawer. Make sure you have all of those things that you use and threaten about. Keep them out of the way and start allowing your heart to thrive again. Let the love of God flow. Let's respect our husbands and our wives. 
The scripture also declares that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's right there in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. So knowledge don't start with academia. Knowledge doesn't start from God's perspective. It doesn't start with reading a book or going through a class or getting a degree. Knowledge, glory to God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Before you learn anything, learn to reverence God. Actually, as you begin to reverence God, the knowledge that you have begin to be put in the proper place because there's something about the war that's going on in you when your soul doesn't know who Jesus is. What it tries to do is to elevate your knowledge. I will exalt. That's what it says. I will exalt. I'm not like them. I'm not like them. I'm not like them. You start elevating and you start stepping in what we call pride. And God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So when you start learning how to work with reverencing God first, then you put knowledge in its proper place. It also says that that wisdom, glory to God, that, that, that fear is the beginning of wisdom out of Proverbs 16 and 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding to be chosen rather than silver. Glory to God. And so the beginning of it, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So wisdom doesn't start really kicking into your life. You may be crafty, you may be knowledgeable, but true wisdom doesn't start until you reverence the Lord. Let's talk for a moment about those who are imprisoned by emotional strongholds. This virus called the flesh. Glory to God. Write it down. We all need to avoid this trap called the flesh. Avoid the trap. Let me help you. You can't avoid it for long. You have to deal with it. So scripture says that with fear comes tormentors. With fear comes tormentors. And so the more you fear, the more you're tormented in your mind. Get rid of the fear, torments go away. They gradually begin to die. And there's some people who are really afraid right now. Maybe you're afraid that you won't have a job or you're afraid that the money won't come in. Don't worry about that. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Get with God. God will make sure that all of the ends meet. The Bible says fear and perfect love cannot stay or live together. <coughs> because perfect love casts out all fear. And so the more love that's downloaded in your soul, it is then able to balance out these fear pockets and this virus. It's like taking uh, some type of RX, spiritual RX, that actually overcomes the fear. And so the more love you have in your heart, the less you'll be afraid. Fear wants the top spot, though. It is not just comfortable with living in the living room. It wants top spot. It wants the crown. It wants to be crowned champion. It wants to be the best, so it will beat the best. It'll beat your best efforts. It'll beat your best desire. It'll beat your best try. It'll beat your best worship. It doesn't settle for just living in a house. It wants the crown. It wants to wear the belt called champion. And so you have to dethrone fear. It wants royal status. It even wants divine privilege. It wants to sit on the throne that only God can sit in. It don't want you on the throne. It doesn't want you around the royal palace. It doesn't want you in the court. Fear wants to sit on the throne. Because he knows or the spirit knows, this demonic spirit called fear knows, that if it can thrive in you, you'll never find the peace of God. If it can thrive in you, you'll never, ever, ever be able to settle down. It is only when you kick fear out that then love and power and soundness begins to settle in your mind. If you're taking notes, please write it down that it is inferior. Fear is inferior to your faith, though. 
Faith is able to superimpose itself over its reverse, which is fear. And so fear is inferior to faith, but it can inflate its size and make your faith look smaller. This is the remedy. If you can only get your foot planted on the word of God, if you can plant your feet soundly and securely on the word of God, even if you're walking on water, plant your feet on the word of God like Peter did when Jesus spoke to him and said, come. Jesus is walking on the water. The scripture says Peter is in the boat. Peter said, Lord, if it be you, when he saw Jesus afar off because of the ways of the sea, the Bible says, Jesus, Peter said, Lord, if it be you, would you bid me to come? And Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out on the water, put his foot on the word spoken. Glory to God. Fixedly foot his uh, fixed his foot on the word of God and he began to stand on what other people are sinking in and he not only put his foot on the word but the scripture says he fixed his eyes on Jesus looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith glory to God so you put your foot on the word keep your eye on Jesus and if you I don't care what you're going through in your life you will walk on whether the people are sinking in if you put your foot on the word and keep your eye on Jesus put your foot on the word and keep your eye on Jesus put your foot on the word and keep your eye on Jesus and no matter what's going on, it doesn't care how, don't care how the waves of the sea are boisterous, boisterous, keep your eyes on Jesus. And what happens is he causes you to walk on what others are sinking in. Glory to God. Secondly, fear wants you to remove your eyes from being fixed on Jesus. So fear wants you to focus on that wave. Focus on what's coming next week. Focus on coulda, shoulda, woulda. Even focus on your past. God wants you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. There is an intense war for the throne of your heart. We know God should sit on the throne, but fear wants divine privilege. Deny fear. Send fear a message. Say, fear, you're denied. You can't borrow no money. You can't buy no house, fear. You can't live in my neighborhood. Certainly can't come to my house. And if fear knocks on your door, faith needs to open the door and tell fear ain't nobody home. Glory, hallelujah. Come on, say it. Fear ain't nobody home. Say it like that. Fear ain't nobody home fear ain't nobody living here for you you have no family members you have nobody you can cuddle with you can't sleep in no bed there is no relatives for you to feel comfortable this ain't your family help me Jesus go to the next no we don't even want you to go to the next house you can go to H-E-L-L where you belong So we need to understand something about fear. Kick it to the curb. Avoid the fear traps. Glory to God. It is inferior to your faith, so don't let it live there. Listen to me. There's a war going on inside of you. I want to take you to Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. That is Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. So I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So we want peace now, but you can see here that there is a tie between the lack of peace and a sinful nature. Now, before you run out and just turn this off and say, I thought I was saved. This man's saying I'm not saved. I'm here to tell you that there's a war for the throne. Look at verse 7. For the sinful nature is always, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. The flesh wars against the spirit. And here's the battle. The sinful nature, the sinful nature doesn't want God to sit on the throne. It's hostile to God. It's awakened. And faith works through your spirit. 
But fear works through the sinful nature. Fear wants to resurrect your nature. Your old man, the man that's dead and hidden in Christ, that you buried when you died with him and was resurrected when you came to know who he is, you were resurrected to newness of life. But that old man is hostile to the things of God. So verse 6 again, so letting your sinful nature control your mind will lead, look at it, to death. But letting the spirit control your mind, God is not giving you the spirit of fear. We know fear, with fear comes torment. Let not the sinful nature control your mind. It leads, uh, but let the spirit control your mind and lead to life and peace. Verse 7, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. So, Bishop, I'm struggling. I'm going through, right? And you will continue to struggle if what's leading you is your sinful nature. Remember, it won't top spot. And fear is the beaconhead of it. It is the, it is the leader of the nature. It, it knows that if, if it can lock you down, we, we can tend to sometimes pat fear. But fear is tied to the nature that God is trying to get rid of. And so you can't allow it to rise up in you. You can't allow fear and phobia to rise up in you because it's all tied to the sinful nature. God has not given you the spirit of fear. Glory to God, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Verse 8, that is why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So Paul is basically saying to us that if you ever want to get control of your mind, if you want soundness of mind, you've got to allow God, this is going to hurt, to kill the sinful nature in you and you got to keep it dead because what fear does is try to resurrect that nature because that nature infuels fear. With that fear comes torment. God is not giving you that spirit. So stay out of the realm of the flesh. You start dipping and dabbing in the flesh, you're going to always have fear to rise up inside of you. And you'll say, well, Bishop, I'm not afraid. Yes, you are. You are afraid. If you don't have faith, you're afraid. If you don't have any love, you're afraid. Because only love casts out fear. Perfect love. If you're hateful, no, everything is always wrong. You're always complaining. You need more love inside of you so we can kick fear out. Because fear is tied to that. Glory to God. Now, I want to look at the seventh chapter. I'm sorry. We're still in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Let's look at verse seven. Well, then I'm suggesting that the law of God is sinful. No, of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I think we're in the seventh chapter right now. Thank you, Jesus. No, we're still in the eighth chapter. It was the law that showed you, showed me my sin. No, I think we're in the seventh chapter. We're in the seventh chapter. We're in the seventh chapter and verse seven. So we started out in the eighth chapter, verses seven, uh, verses five, verses five through 12, I thought. I'm a little mixed up here, but we're going to keep on teaching. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's look at, is it the seventh chapter? The seventh chapter, verse seven, well, then I'm suggesting that the law of God is sinful. No, of course not. In fact, it was the law uh, that showed me my sins. So the law is not sinful. But look what Paul says. I would never have known that coveting is wrong unless I had the law. So the law is not wrong. Look at verse eight. But sin using the commandment to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. It there, if there were no law, sin would not have that power. So what happens is God puts out his law. Sin is dormant in us because many of us don't know that there's a war, especially if there's no contrast. If you've never walked with God, you did whatever you wanted to do. But once God introduces his law, now sin has something to war against. Flesh has something to war against. And that's where the struggle is. Glory to God. 
And what he does is that nature begins to allow fear, even fear of success, to rule your mind and your heart so the nature would take the lead. Look at verse 9. At one time I lived with according to the law, but when I learned the commandment not to cover, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered that the law commands, the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. I like verse 11. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. And this is a mature apostle that's saying, I have to watch my own self because of this war and this battle that's going on right now. Let me help you right now. Don't you wish that you could just go to sleep and all struggles within you, all fears and phobias, when you wake up, they were all gone? Don't you wish that you could just go to sleep tonight and tomorrow morning there would be no worry at all in your life? It just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. There is a battle and a war going on. And before God came into your life or before the spirit of God came into your life, you did whatever you wanted to do. But because the spirit is inside of you now, now the commandment has awakened this flesh that, we, that wars against the spirit. We found out in Romans chapter 8 that it is hostile against the things of God. And that hostility hasn't lessened. It's still hostile. But the more you build up your spirit and don't live according to the desires of your flesh or your sinful nature, the more you'll step into the peace of God and the less fear will rise up in your life. Please write it down. The origin of fear comes from our fallen nature. It's called the flesh. Now I'm drawing in a, a line, an inextricable line, with fear that's actually affecting us a virus in our homes today and is tied to the nature that God saved you from. The origin of fear comes from our fallen nature, the flesh. And there's an intense battle going on in your soul right now. But you can win this battle, not by your power, not by your might, but by the Spirit of God. Anger is one of those emotions that need to be brought under control. Depression is another one that needs to be brought under control. Worry and stress are emotions that you need to have under your feet. Low self-esteem are all emotional issues that can get out of hand. And they draw their strength from your fallen nature. Anger draws its strength from the fallen nature. Depression draws its strength from the fallen nature. Worry draws its strength from the fallen nature. Stress draws its strength from the fallen. Low self-esteem draws its strength from the fallen. And if you die to the fallen and allow the spirit and faith to rise up in your spirit, you will overcome these emotions. And when glory is absent, fear occupies the vacuum. When there's no glory, when there's no glory, fear wants the throne. It occupies the vacuum. But when fear is present, you need to understand that demonic activity is pressing on your world. And so less fear, the, net, the less demonic activity pressing. Right now, there's a global pandemic, and the world is, 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 is just losing its mind. But what we want to do is make sure we don't allow the demonic that's pressing on our world right now to enter into your house. And that's why you can't fuel it by allowing the fallen nature to give it credence. Cast it down in the name of the Lord Jesus, and God will raise you up. Glory to God. Look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. It's on the screen. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. Here Satan comes in, tempts the woman, tempts Eve, and she did eat of the tree. This is the New Living Translation. The woman was conceived, convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. 
Look what happens. I said fear's origin is tied to the, the fallen nature. Then she gave some to her husband. He also did eat, swallowed it as well, who was with her, and he ate it too. Verse 7, at that time, look what happens. Their eyes came open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sold fig leaves to cover themselves. Fear came in. So shame and fear was introduced to a perfect society because the nature, the fallen nature, uh, uh, came into existence. And with that fallen nature, we have an inextricable tie with fear. And so don't become comfortable. That's why I say when fear comes to your front door, faith needs to come to that door and say, you have no relatives here. There's nobody here for you to come in and to join up with because the fallen nature has been deadened in Christ. And we are now living in the life of God's spirit. Glory to God. And we will overcome. Glory to God. Thank you, God. So let me encourage you to stand on the word of God, to keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm going to give you a few passages to write down so you can start meditating on this word and confessing it. So fear won't become nigh to your dwelling. Write it down, Isaiah 41 and 10. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. And I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious with my victorious hand, with my right hand. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. With my right hand. Look at the next verse, next chapter. That is Isaiah 41, verse 13. For I, the Lord, your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, now listen, he says, I'm not just going to put you out there the Red Sea is before you. Circumstances are out there. You're walking on what others are sinking in. Bolstering seas. I'm with you. He says, I'm going to hold your right hand. And while I'm holding your hand, I'm saying to you, fear not. For I, fear not, I will help you. Glory to God. Now God says, I'm going to help you. The stimulus check is not the help. It is not the government that's helping us. God is helping us. God is working in you. God is making sure ends meet. Glory to God. God is calling, causing what Corona intended to do not to take place. God gave us the wisdom of what we need to do to buckle down so this thing won't spread. Especially in the African American community. Who are dying by huge numbers. Disproportionate numbers. 40% of all deaths right now from coronavirus is in the African-American community, black, black and brown people in the Hispanic community. And you need to understand uh, that we can kill this virus if we will just obey. Glory to God. Here's another one out of Psalm 52 and tw 22. It says, give your burden to the Lord and he will take care of you. Come on. He will not permit... He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. In other words, if you're walking upright, you're not allowing that nature to lead you out in fear. He's not going to let you slip nor fall during this time. Let me just decree and declare, you're not going to slip. You're not going to lose your footing. Your foot is fixed on the word of God. Your eye is on Jesus. You will overcome in the name of the Lord Jesus. You can cast your burden on him for he cares for you and you can let it stay there. You can turn it over to the Lord and leave it there. Glory to God. You can tell him about it and not worry about hearing it from anybody else. It's not, they're not going to talk about it on Snapchat. They're not going to get to it on Instagram. Facebook not going to have have your photo on it cnn won't know who you are nobody's gonna tweet about you either you can keep your business to yourself by turning it over to the lord casting it on him for he cares for you glory hallelujah glory to god i feel the holy ghost up in here i like another one i'm giving it to you psalm 118 in verse 6 I'm trying to show you how to kick out your fear. The Lord is my is on my side. I will not fear. 
What can man do to me? What can a virus do to me? Because the Lord is on my side. And with him being on your side, he's giving you information. All you got to do is follow that information. Do what you're supposed to do. Let me see you wash your hands. Wash your hands. Let anger go. Kick domestic violence out. Stop trying to intimidate people. Even young boys that are being raised by their mother. Pharaoh young boys. No father in the home. And you intimidate them when you want to have your way. God said stop it in the name of Jesus. Stop flexing with your mama. You'll cut your days short if you flex on your mother. Honor and respect your mother. Fear them reverently that your days may be long upon the land of the Lord that God has given you. Glory to God. We're looking at Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare. Being afraid of people will bring a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Hallelujah. I can shout on that one. Fear of man will bring a snare to your life. You'll trip up. Afraid of people, you get a microphone, you'll lose your words. I don't know what to say. That's because you're afraid of people. But you need to understand when you trust in the Lord, glory to God, you shall be safe. Mark chapter 5, verse 36. Be not, do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. Glory to God. So here we say, in place of being afraid, you need to make sure that you only believe. Glory to God. And I like Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, prayer. Instead, pray about everything. This is a good quote. Don't worry about anything, but in prayer, pray about everything. So stop worrying about all of that. And pray about everything. Talk to God. Turn it over to the Lord and leave it there. I hope I'm helping somebody that's been uh, plagued with chronic fear. You need to start turning it over to the Lord and leave it there. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. This is a reminder. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. I have two more. Write it down. First John 4 and 18. I love this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I said it earlier. I'm saying it again. If you're afraid, you have not been made perfect in love and fear derives its strength from the fallen nature the more faith you have the more courage you'll have to face your fears unflinchingly and here in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17 he laid his hands on me saying to me do not be afraid I am the first and the last I'm Alpha and Omega the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Glory to God. And that's what I need God to do. And I'm praying even now that he would stretch forth his hand, lay his hands on you while you tremble in fear. And say to you, do not be afraid. For God is the first and the last. Not your birth date or the date where you and I will expire. God is first and last. And when he put his hands on you, you have eternal life. Put your confidence in him. All death is, is a passage. It's a stepping through a door into eternity. Glory to God. Eternally being with God. And so don't even be afraid about anything. Not anything. Glory to God. God does not operate in that realm, in that dimension, because it's, it's spurned. It's spawned. It's, I could use that word spawned by the demonic. Because it taps into the strength of your sinful nature. But you and I, we can overcome. We can overcome all fear. Glory to God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Glory to God. If you have any questions about what I taught, you can write it in the box. And I'm going to look at it tonight. And you can say, Bishop, I had a question about this. And I'll give you an answer.
Glory to God. But if you have a question, legitimate question, and you can also rewind this on Facebook Live and you can listen to it again. But if you have a question, I'll try to answer your question. I just want you to know that God loves you. And fear is not a virtue that you should be petting. Actually, don't allow it to live in your house. Don't allow it to live in your house. When it comes to the door, tell fear there is no room in the inn for you. And God will bless you as a result of that. Father, I give you praise for this word and I thank you for touching your people everywhere. I thank you, God, that fear is cast out and faith has room to grow. So allow the root of faith to go deep into the soil of your word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. So allow the word to take root, faith to take root in the word. And then out of that, let the stalk come forth and the full, let the, let the, let the ear, the full stalk come out of the soil of your word, Father. And let it bear fruit a hundredfold in the lives of your people. So, Father, I thank you and I decree and declare that this virus called fear would not thrive. It's contagious. The contagion is there, but thank you for the mold of fear being eradicated. Thank you for the spirit, the spirit, the antidote that takes away all mold, all spiritual mold, which attracts demonic spirits and torments. Because when there's perfect love, it casts out all fear. So, Father, for mothers who are striving right now and don't know how things are going to, how ends are going to meet, I thank you for taking care of their fears. For fathers who are working double jobs, can't get out right now, even feeling sick in their body, I thank you, God, for casting out fear. For churches who don't know how, the church and the pastor doesn't know how it's going to function and flow during these tough times. I pray for pastors in the name of Jesus, and I thank you, God, that you're infusing leaders with the strength and the capability of speaking truth to power in the name of the Lord. And Father, many times our word it's, it's, it's at another level. And our reality, Father, in our reality, we're trembling in our boots. Like Elijah, who was in the midst of a famine, Father. Then he got a bad word from Jezebel, who says, I'm going to kill you. When he came to you in prayer, you said, listen, get up from that. Don't walk around in timidity. I have 7,000, a remnant. Don't tell me you're the only one, because you're not the only one. There's 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee. And Father, I speak to the 7,000 in the name of the Lord. 7,000 to help each one of your people. 7,000 to support the church. 7,000 to join with us in faith. 7,000, hallelujah, to rally around hope. 7,000 that will say we will not let fear come into our house. 7,000 that won't allow fear to torment us. 7,000 that believe that we move from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from strength to strength in the name of Jesus. And Father, I give you praise for that. I honor you for what you're doing and what you're saying even now. Sharpen your people even by our faith. And we will give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And amen again. I bless you in the name of the Lord. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.